0: Good morning, and welcome to our service. I'm glad that you've joined us. We've celebrated this past week. We had Thanksgiving last Sunday, and many of you had opportunity to be with family. Uh, We've had some rain. We have many things to be thankful for. And so I invite you to join us in singing Count Your Blessings.
1: Your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God hath
0: done. In Psalm 46, verse 10, we read, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth.
2: Scripture reading this morning is found in Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people.
0: What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown in here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work.
3: Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Before we go into announcements, let's go into a time of prayer to dismiss Little Ones to Children's Church. Please bow with me. Dear God, we come before you, saying a word of praise for each and every one of the little ones in our church. We pray that as they go to Children's Church now, they will learn new things that will be with them for the rest of their days. We pray for the teachers as well, give them the things to say and the answers to the questions that come. Our Lord, we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, if you are below the age of 11, you can go to Children's Church just down the hall that way. All right. So we have a number of announcements, as you can see from your bulletin this morning that you could have got at the front. There is one thing I want to add to it, uh, and that is that... Matt Beitler, who is the associate pastor of West End, is going to be ordained next Sunday. And so make sure to keep him in your prayers this coming week. That is a very uh, big thing uh, in his life. And I can tell you, being ordained myself, that was a very big thing in my life as well. So make sure to keep him in your prayers. Uh, apart from that, as far as announcements goes, on October 29th, uh, you can see there, there is going to be a drive through ham and pierogi supper for Paul and Naomi Zacharias. Uh, Paul had heart surgery earlier in the month, and so this is... Uh, until he can get back to work, a fundraiser for him. Uh, Next, we are hosting community development uh, workshop modules on October 30th, together with the Chamber of Commerce. The point of community development modules is essentially that we try to find local problems that there might be and find local solutions to those problems. So if that sounds like something that is interesting to you, come track me down and I will try to sell you on it personally. October 30th. The next... November twelfth, there is going to be a pickup meal uh, fundraiser banquet for Youth for Christ. Uh, make sure to uh, get your pre-orders in by November first. If you want to know more about that, talk to Dawson Sawatsky. All right, uh, Youth is going to be at the church next Wednesday, and a prayer meeting is going to be at the church as well. And ladies' Bible study this Monday from at 1.20 p.m all right those are the announcements that i have i don't think they're yes
4: ron this coming saturday the 23rd we are having a kind of a cleanup day here at the church in the churchyard. all the uh towering poplars that we have for our north um, boundary of the church yard uh they're they're quite dead some of them are have been dead for a couple years already and are becoming a danger that they'll snap off and fall onto the ground so uh, anyone who wishes to help with that we have all kinds of duties there from carrying small branches um, to bringing chainsaws and and cutting up the trees so if you have any questions regarding that uh, please come to me I'm I'm hoping to have a bit of a group that would be able to to do that so 9 o'clock in the morning we'll gather here at the church there'll be some coffee served and I think muffins or something as well to get our energy going. And uh, if you have a chainsaw that you'd like to bring and use, um, that would be great. We have a wood chipper that's going to cut things up. And if anyone wants to take home some wood chips, uh, they're great for the garden and shrub beds and things like that. And there'll also be some firewood to take home for anyone who wants as well. And bonus, we get to supply, or I'm hoping to supply the, the, um, the, the community campground in McGregor with some firewood as well. I got a request from uh, the person that's in charge of, of that, uh, the firewood. So let's help our community. Let's help uh, each other in our church. And look forward to seeing you Saturday, 9 a.m. here. It is
3: fun to play with chainsaws, just putting that out there. All right, Uh, and then as far as items for prayer goes, as I mentioned, Paul and Naomi Zacharias. Paul had his heart surgery and is off work for the next several months. Make sure to keep them in your prayers. And Thanksgiving for rain. After such a very dry year, it has been absolutely wonderful to have not one, not two, but three days of pretty good rain that somehow even managed to come here and hit town and so that is a wonderful bit of thanksgiving right there and we can continue to pray for more as well and so with all of those things said please bow with me now in a time of prayer our god we come before you today first off in thanksgiving lord after the very dry year we've had this is what we want to come before you first for to thank you for the rain that has come Thank you for the multiple days of rain that has come. Thank you for the puddles that are on the ground that actually have stayed there for some amount of time. Our God, we pray that you continue to send more rain to fill up the reservoirs that have been depleted over these last five years, but nevertheless, we thank you. We thank you for this. And, our God, we also want to bring before you our brothers and sisters at West End, as they are looking to ordain Matt. We thank you for the ministry that he has brought to the area so far. We thank you for the ministry he's brought to West End and the community and the young people and everyone else that he has come into contact with. And so now that this lifelong appointment is being bestowed upon him, God, we thank you for that. And we pray he will continue on to be blessed in his ministry for you. And God, we also want to bring Paul and Naomi before you. Lord, we pray that the upcoming fundraiser will be a success. God, we pray that it will bring in all of the money that they need in this in-between time before he can go back to work. And we pray also that he will heal up right as rain. God, all of these things we bring before you today, all of these things that are on our hearts and the many others as well. In your name we pray, amen. So today we have, if you were here for Sunday School, you will already know, but today we have a wonderful guest speaker uh, to come before you this morning. His name is Cesar Garcia. He is the General Secretary of the Mennonite World Conference, an organization that serves some 1.5 million members worldwide in the Anabaptist tradition. Garcia is from Bogota, and he has been a church planter, a pastor, a professor of Bible and theology, and before his election, Garcia was chair of the Mennonite Brethren Churches of Colombia, and the secretary of the MWC Mission Commission. And so without any further ado, I will ask him up to share with you this morning.
5: Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much. And good morning again. Uh, as I said a few minutes ago, uh, it is a blessing for me, a privilege for me to, to be here sharing with you today. And one of the purposes of of being here is to express our gratitude on behalf of Mennonite World Conference. We are thankful for for the support that your local congregation uh, gives to our global church. You are a blessing in our community, in our global communion. Mennonite World Conference is a global community of Anabaptist-related churches. It is made up by 1.5 individual members that are together distributed in 10,000 local congregations. So around 10,000 local congregations are meeting like we are today by Zoom or in person around the world in order to worship God. 10,000 local congregations that are also distributed in uh, national conferences or churches. And the Evangelical Mennonite Church in Canada is one of the 107 national churches that belong to Mennonite World Conference. So if somebody asks you today, this afternoon maybe, how many people were at church today? You can respond, well, we were together around 1.5 million uh, in our global church. That is Menorite World Conference. And again, uh, we are thankful uh, for this local congregation. And uh, it is an honor for me to share with you uh, today. So speaking about our global church, some months ago, in my local congregation in Colombia, a friend said to me, oh, Cesar, how I envy you. Why, I asked her. You know, I work, she said, in a multinational company. I deal with a lot of stress because of ongoing conflicts with my colleagues and bosses. But you, Cesar, you work with pastors and leaders of churches. What kind of conflicts could you have? (laughs) Conflicts among leaders in our churches are just one of my frustrations with the church. Speaking about some of my church frustrations with another friend, he shared a fascinating sentence with me. We can go to the first slide. The church is hopeless, but it is the only hope that we have. There are many reasons why we can lose our hope in the church. Let me share some of the reasons why I get discouraged about our church today once in a while. Maybe you can identify yourself with some of these reasons. First, bad leadership practices. I know it doesn't happen here or in your conference, but in some places, church leaders compete for power. Some of them love power so much that they end up hurting others in their pursuit of it. Another reason is lack of transcendence. It happens when we think that the church ends right at the local congregation building door. Some Anabaptists do not believe that there is something beyond their local congregation that may be called church. When a regional church idea is strange to us. We question the need for regional or national conferences. Then another question emerges. Why do we need Mennonite World Conference? Why do we need a global church? The lack of transcendence is directly related to another reason why I sometimes lose hope in our church. And that has to do with church divisions. Some days ago, I read a story told by a comedian from United States, Emma Phillips. He said, I was walking across a bridge one day, and I saw a man standing on the edge about to jump off. So I ran over and said, stop, don't do it. Why shouldn't I, he asked. Well, there is so much to live for. Like what? Well, are you religious? He said, yes. I said, me too. Are you Christian or Buddhist? Buddhist. Christian, he said. Me too. Are you Catholic or Protestant? Protestant. Me too. Are you Episcopalian or Baptist? Baptist. Me too. Wow. Are you Baptist Church of God or Baptist Church of the Lord? Baptist Church of God. Me too. Are you original Baptist Church of God, or are you reformed Baptist Church of God? Reformed Baptist Church of God. Me too. Are you reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1879, or reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915? He said, Reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915. I said, die, heretic, and push him off. (laughs) When I read this story created by Phyllis, I thought we could write this about Anabaptists. One of the things we know to do well is to fragment ourselves. That is very sad because the world is in desperate need of living examples of communities that deal with disagreements cultural and racial differences diversity and financial disparity in ways that do not imply fragmentation and exclusion how the church handle conflicts how to give hope to the world the church is the community that can show the world that it is possible to handle conflict without division or fragmentation. But as Santa Baptist, we know that that has not been the case historically. Some months ago, I was reading an article in a Mennonite magazine. Its author said, and I'm quoting here, here I am proud of leaving this church because that is the faithful thing to do. You know, when you have to sacrifice doctrine or sacrifice ethics, you have to leave, end quote. Of course, that puts you in a kind of dilemma. You have to decide between unity on one hand or doctrine or ethics on the other hand. Then we think that if, it is necessary, we have to sacrifice unity and keep a healthy doctrine or good ethics. That is the way we have dealt with doctrinal and ethical conflicts in our Anabaptist history. We just do not know what to do with the Bible texts that speak about unity and even more about koinonia, the Greek word for communion. In some of our worship resources, we keep the Apostles' Creed, which ends with these sentences. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic or universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Communion is a biblical word that has to do with Participating in the body of the living Christ. According to one theologian, it means sharing. Communion means mutual interests, generosity, participation in goods, sufferings, and grace. It means fellowship with Christ in the spirit sharing the blessings of Christ's death and resurrection as part of his body. It entails living in the mission of God with others in mutual care, expressed not the least in hospitality and Eucharistic living. Such is the nature of the church, sharing by gracious calling the life of God in Trinity." End quote. As an Baptist, we tend to spiritualize communion or leave it to be experienced after our death when we join each other in perfect unity. However, in the biblical concept of koinonia or communion, I recover courage and hope in the church. Hope in the church as communion is the main topic of the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Let's see the Apostle Paul's prayer at the beginning of his letter in verses 18 and 19 of Ephesians chapter 1. So that with the eyes of our heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power? In these verses, the Apostle Paul is praying for us to get hope. It is fascinating to see the characteristics that that hope has, according to this passage. I find, at least, Three. First, right, hope is an invitation. God called us to receive this hope. It is a calling. The only thing that we can do is to decide to accept it or to reject it. Hope is an invitation. Second, hope is something that we cannot produce by ourselves. According to the Apostle Paul's prayer, it is not possible to build this hope because it is something that is revealed to us, is given to us. In other words, it is a gift, a gift from the Holy Spirit that God offers to us. And third, because of the way the Apostle speaks, hope has to do with community because he talks about the church. You cannot enjoy this kind of hope in an individualistic way. It is something that you experience when you are part of the community of saints. So hope is an invitation, a gift from God, and it is communal. However, we have not yet defined what is this hope about, what this hope is. To find a definition of hope, we need to take a broader look at the Ephesians' letter. We need to see what is what Paul is speaking about when he talks about hope. So if we go some verses before, in verses 9 and 10, we find this. He has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In the context of gathering up all things in Jesus, the Apostle Paul speaks about hope. Then some verses later in chapter 2, we find this. For he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us, that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So the idea of gathering up all things in Jesus is here again. Paul adds the concept of a new humanity made up of different people, actually from different groups. When he speaks about two different groups, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, two races that usually hate each other, are becoming one, one body, one new humanity. Then, in chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, is speaking again about hope, mentions this. Until all of us come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. According to the Ephesians book, hope is related to the experience of unity in the body of Christ. That is what gives hope. Unity, or communion, not only provides hope, It is what allows us to reach the stature of the fullness of Christ. Spiritual maturity is not possible without communion or unity. Next. Unity or communion has to do with the nature of God. In the Trinity, we see diversity and perfect communion at the same time. When we are one amid our diversity, we show to the world how God is. Unity or communion has to do with the nature of our mission. The prayer of Jesus in John's gospel links his life's credibility to the church's unity. The world will believe, the world will believe when they see that we are one. So unity has to do with the nature of God and with the heart of the mission. But coming back to the Ephesians book, also has to do with the gospel's core, reconciliation. Paul speaks about overcoming nationalisms overcoming fragmentation because of gender, race, and social class. I would like to adhere the need of, to overcome theological and ethical boundaries to be one. But wait a minute, Cesar. This is too much. Some months ago, I was sharing these thoughts with a group of leaders of Anabaptist agencies. When somebody said to me, According to the Bible, there are good reasons why we have to separate ourselves and divide from others. Are there? There are some reasons, but not a lot. Actually, in Mennonite World Conference, we have found only one. But that's not the topic for our sermon today. According to the book of Ephesians, this author, Andrew Walls, a British historian of missions, he says, the very height of Christ's full stutter is reached only by the coming together of the different cultural entities into the body of Christ. Only together, not on our own, can we reach his full stature. We don't reach the full stature of Christ by keeping the right doctrine, even though doctrine is fundamental. We don't get the full stature of Christ by proper ethics, even though ethics is crucial. According to the Ephesians book, the only way to arrive at maturity in Jesus Christ is to be together, despite the diversity of doctrine and ethics. That is possible only if Jesus is the center of our lives. That is possible only if we decide to enjoy this hope and receive it and experience it, it in the community. Because the only way of growing in our doctrinal and ethical differences is by conversation, by living together, by being one. And we know, of course, it is not easy. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a miracle. And that is what our churches around the world have been discovering. Some years ago, the BIC Church of Nepal was dealing with floodings. We can see the picture here if we go to the next slide. They lost everything. Houses, food, jobs, church buildings, everything. And then they saw Mennonites, Mennonite brethren churches. Evangelical Mennonite churches and other Anabaptist groups sending them money and teams to support them. They realized that they were part of a global family of faith that overcomes nationalisms. We are not alone. We are one body, and that gives hope. That was also... Sang-min Lee's experience. We can meet him in this slide. He's a conscientious objector who was in jail for one and a half years because of his convictions about conscientious objection in South Korea. According to him, what kept him alive was the support of our global church through emails and Facebook posts that... His family shared with him, saying in different languages, we are with you. We are praying for you. To these images, we can add several stories about the pandemic. You find some of them in our MWC, Menorite World Conference website. We are speaking here about particular people, faces of people who are members of our global church, members of our transnational family with whom we walk together. We can decide to live our faith in a way in which communion is spiritualized or left for the afterlife. Or we can choose to receive and enjoy the gift of unity today. We can be like this image made up of many small pictures of the Dead Sea Scrolls. They are here together without transmitting a message. Or we can be like this other image, made up from the same pictures of the Dead Sea Scrolls. An artist from the US organized the photos in a way that transmits a message. This artwork serves as a mirror to our church. We can decide to experience communion in a way that shows the very image of Jesus, becoming a source of hope to the world. Today, we see worldwide nationalisms, conflicts managed destructively, hate, resentment, and lack of reconciliation. Let's follow Jesus together across barriers. Let's embody hope. Let's pray. Lord, we want to say thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you give to us. Unity or communion. Thank you, because our only job about it is to keep it, to enjoy it, to live it out today, along with our brothers and sisters around the world. Thank you for this call to be a new humanity, a new creation, where there is not Separation and division because of gender, social class, race, where there is not domination and exclusion as part of this new creation that you are building up. God, we ask for your presence among us to live in that way. We want to overcome nationalisms. We want to overcome the natural tendency that we have to create divisions and fragmentation. We want to be one, because in that way, we experience who you are, because that's the core of our mission, because that's the way in which we can arrive to maternist in Jesus. Thank you for the joy that we experience and the hope that we find in the midst of suffering, when we realized that we are not alone, when we realized in a practical way that we walk interdependently with each other. Help us to see that kind of body today. Help us to be aware of the needs of our churches around the world. Help us to pray for them. Help us to share our own needs with them and ask for their prayers. Help us to send money, but also to receive gifts and support when we need them from others. Help us to work together on mission, service, peacemaking, church planting, health care, education. Help us to be one, because in that way, the world will believe. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
0: In response to that challenge, we will sing the song, I will sing of my Redeemer. We can sing that song, and many, many around the world can be singing that song because we all agree on that truth.
3: say thank you for that. I'm going to be chewing on those words for a long time. For our benediction today, we turn to the book of Romans. And now to him who can make you strong in accordance with the gospel that I preach and the proclamation of Jesus Christ in accordance with that mystery which for endless ages was kept secret. But now, as the prophets wrote, is revealed as the eternal God commanded to be made known to all the nations so that they obey in faith to him, the only wise God, give glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Go now and serve our Lord.